Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, it is very good to see you out on this beautiful long weekend Sunday. I also want to welcome those who have joined us online, either right now, uh, live streaming, or later on this week as well. And, and I'm really glad that you've made it a priority to, to be here and gather together today. It's, it's very, very important for us. I also want to welcome those who are guests uh, today. So I noticed as I walked around that there are, are some of you that are, are brand new to us. Maybe you're just visiting for today, or some of you are here for university already. So I want to just say welcome to you. And uh, of course, thank you, Chet and Cynthia, for leading us in worship. Appreciate that, and really love the songs that you chose today, Chet. Now, uh, before I, I get into my, my message this morning, I just want to take a moment just to remind you about next Sunday, because next Sunday is, is our fall kickoff, and it's going to be a great time together. We're going to have a, a full worship team again, so just not just two people, it'll be a full worship team. Uh, there's going to be two uh, really inspiring baptism testimonies next Sunday. You don't want to miss that. Uh, hopefully an inspiring message for me as we kick off our new year. It's going to be a great year together. And uh, for next Sunday only, so now you need to listen to this. Next Sunday only, our service begins at what time? You got A plus for you. That, that's, that is awesome. Okay, so yeah, 10 a.m. next week. If you come at 11, you're gonna, you'll just get here for, for the food, which is not bad either, but, but make sure you, you come at 10. Okay, so it's going to be full. We're going to have uh, all... I'm going to call it four and a half of our partner congregations coming and joining us. And uh, all our university students should be back in town because the classes started. And the people that have been away for summer holidays and away on weekends, now they're kind of back into the rhythm. And so it's going to be a, a great time for us. And it, we expect to see a lot of new faces as well. So to accommodate everyone next week, uh, we're going to have live in here, Live stream in our chapel, which is just, you know, through the doors and across the hallway there. Live stream in our meeting room, which is right over there. And live stream in our hospitality center. So we're going to have th three places where we're going to have the live streams. And uh, so if you want to be in here, you need to, you need to come early, okay? So make sure you come or bring a friend. Now, after the service is done, we got food for you. And so we, we have a barbecue as well. Uh, each of our partner congregations is going to be a taste of Korea, a taste of Ukraine, a taste of Middle East, a taste of Nepal, and also some, some food from the First Nations uh, families. So it, it's going to be a, a great time. Now, that, those are samples. Like, think Costco, not, not full, okay? So when you come next week, if you want to sample some of the food, it's, it's delicious. So I'm telling you, this is something you don't want to miss. So come early. Uh, bring a friend, and for those watching online, come in person. Uh, it would be great to have you back here. Okay. Uh, Pastor Will also wanted me to mention that, that next, this coming week, both the junior high and senior high ministries are kicking off as well. Now, with that aside, let me just turn our, our minds towards our message this morning. A couple of times every year, uh, we have a special Sunday service where our, our focus is on prayer. 
And on those days, we usually begin with a, with a, a short teaching on the power and importance of prayer, and then we actually take some time to pray together as a church family. Today is one of those mornings. And uh, I'm excited about what we're going to learn and experience and accomplish together over the next hour. Now, uh, at the same time, uh, I've done these several times, and I know that not everyone is excited as I am. And the, the feelings that you have right now are a very different kind of emotion. Uh, and so, uh, even, even saying that, though, um, even saying that we're going to pray has probably elevated your heart a bit, and you're already kind of looking for the nearest exit point when you can sneak away. So uh, you're not experiencing the, the anticipation, the excitement that I am. Your, your emotion is, is maybe some more fear and anxiety. So let me just lower your heart rate, okay? So just, just relax. We've planned this morning, knowing that not every person that is here today prays or is comfortable praying out loud. And so we've crafted a prayer experience that I'm, I'm confident will, uh, will be able to, everyone will be able to engage in with ease and comfort. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to get stretched in some of your thinking and some of your actions today, but it does mean this, that no one is going to force anyone to do something they don't want to do, okay? So if, if your anxiety went up there a bit, just like, breathe, okay, and just relax here. Now... However, even though um, the thought of prayer may take you out of your comfort, natural comfort zone, prayer is actually one of the most universal human instincts. Now, for, for those who know me, uh, you know I like golf. And uh, I, always, I often tell the golfers I golf with that, that um, uh, every golfer is spiritual because when they get on that first tee, they instinctively pray, oh, God, just let me hit one good one today. You know, uh, they, they, they just know that, right, and especially when people are, are watching. And, and even this morning, when I told you that there, this was going to be a morning of prayer, some of you non-prayers immediately started praying fervently, saying, oh, God, please don't let them ask me to pray, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm joking a bit about this, but I know that it can create some anxiety. But uh, the reality is most, if not all of us, regardless of our religious background or our worldview, have or will at some point in our life uh, pray, because uh, especially in times of desperation or impossible situations that we find ourselves in. Now, for the people of God, though, and for the church, prayer is not meant to be an occasional or circumstantial occurrence. It's meant to be something that's, that's vital, that's essential, that's a foundational piece of, of who we are, a practice of our lives. Now, because I, I, I want to leave us to really actually have some time to pray together at the end of the service, uh, my sermon's going to be a bit shorter than normal. And so I have uh, five compelling reasons I want to share with you today why we need to, why it's important for us to gather together for corporate prayer and to, to, to kind of share some of the, the, the benefits or the blessings of what happens when we pray together as a church family. Okay? So let's, let's just jump right in. First of all, why do we need to pray together? Uh, first, because God invites us to pray, He calls us to pray, and He commands us to pray. I want to look at a couple of scriptures here um, as we look at this. First of all, it's Matthew 21, 13. Uh, this is the passage where Jesus cleansed the temple because it turned into something that it was, it was never intended to be. And after Jesus removed the money changers, he quoted from the, the prophet Isaiah, and he said this, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer. 
Now, in the Old Testament, um, the temple was called the house of God because God chose that place to be the place where he would meet with his people and speak to them and where they could come and, and speak to him. In the New Testament, uh, the understanding around the house of God shifts a bit. It's no longer simply a building or temple. It's, it's now our physical bodies because uh, for those of us who know God as our Savior, this is, this is where God lives. He resides in us. And so when, when Jesus says, my house shall be called the house of prayer, he, he's saying that, that this house, for me that's Leighton, for, for you that's you, that you, your house, should be a house of prayer, that this is how, this is how you should live your life as a posture of praying to God. And he's also saying that the, this house, not the building of Ebenezer, but, but the people of God gathered together, the, the body of Christ, that this house is supposed to be a house of prayer. Now, the Apostle Paul continues to reinforce God's call for us to be a people of prayer. In Romans chapter 12, we read this, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, 6, it's an invitation or a call to prayer. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians 4.2, uh, Paul continues. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Or as another version says, pray and keep on praying. And that, that term devotion has significance to it. So it means to, to persist at something, to, to give it attention, to, to not give up in doing, doing it, to always be ready to pray. And so when we are, are, are devoted to prayer, it means that we're unwilling to ever give up and even when our prayers seem to go unanswered. One more passage here, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in you for Christ Jesus. So um, we pray together as a family, corporately, because God invites us to, He calls us to, and He commands us to. Uh, second, uh, the reason, another reason why we come together and pray corporately is because this is what the early church regularly practiced and modeled for us. Now, in the New Testament, um, the gathered church more often resembled a prayer meeting than it did a worship service like we're accustomed to here when we gather in, in 2022. In fact, the early church was characterized by its devotion to regularly, passionately uh, praying together. One of the passages that, uh, if you've been part of the church family at all, you'll be familiar with it. It's Acts chapter 2. It's when the, the church was, was first formed. And it says in Acts chapter 2, they, they devoted themselves. They, like, they really leaned into a few things. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And then it says in the next verse, every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. So for, for the early church, this was not uh, a weekly occurrence, or it wasn't every other week as your schedule you know, permitted. It was daily they got together and they committed themselves to pray. And just remember that for the early church, the majority of those who were part of that church were, were new Christians. They were infants in their faith. And for them, as soon as they, they moved into faith in Jesus, things around their lives began to shift radically. Sometimes their families would reject them. Sometimes uh, the, 
the, the community, the Jewish community around them would reject them. And they were also um, uh, attacked or persecuted by the Roman government because they were easy targets for people to blame things on. And so for the early church, uh, this is a very, very challenging environment for them. Now even today, um, I think the, the environment for the church is, is shifting in our culture. I think that, that it seems like um, people are, are getting more and more hostile towards Christianity and, and the church. So we're, we're getting a taste of that. Now when the early church, when they faced these things, um, what did they do? They gathered to pray. When persecution broke out, they gathered to pray. In Acts chapter 4, we read about this time. One time, Peter and John were arrested and they were put in jail for preaching the good news about Jesus. And as soon as that happened, the people gathered to pray. And it says that they raised their voices together in prayer, saying, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And then they took their, their request to God and they say, like, your servants, you know, we want to speak the word with great boldness. So stretch out your hands and, and do your miracles and, and do your healing. And so they prayed to God during this time. And then it says in verse 31, and, and after they prayed, three things happened. Number one, the place where they were meeting was shaken. In other words, uh, they knew without, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that the powerful living God was present with them because the physical building they were in began to shake. Second thing they, they experienced is they were instantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were... And I don't know exactly what that looked like in that moment, but it was undeniable to the people around that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and then they spoke the word of God boldly. So the model of the church is when things got tough, they got gathered together on their knees to pray. The early church also prayed together whenever they needed direction from the Lord. For example, when they needed to choose new leaders, they gathered together to fast and pray. And we read this story in Acts chapter 13. It says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit uh, said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. And so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they went off. So, so they, they would go to God when they needed direction in life. That was a common posture and practice of them. It, it was just a common occurrence for the early church. And I want to suggest that this was not just for the early church that the needs and, and the, the needs for God's presence and power, the needs for, for God's protection and wisdom and instruction and guidance are as important for us today as they were back then. We need God's boldness and wisdom to live out our faith in a world that um, doesn't welcome us as, as well as it used to. And as a church family, we need to be gathering to pray in our journey of choose, choosing a, a new lead pastor here at this church. And not just about the board getting together or about hiring consultants. It's about us getting together and, and praying and asking, God, you bring the right person in place for this next chapter for our church's history. A third reason why it's important that we come together to pray. It's because much of what happens in our life and in this world is dependent upon our prayers. Now, I want to look at, at 1 Timothy chapter 2 very quickly, verses 1 to 3. And in this passage, it says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority that we might live peacefully and have quiet lives in godliness and holiness. And this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. You see, um, God wants us to be a people that intercedes for others because it makes a difference in the spiritual realm, first of all, 
And then ultimately it makes a difference in the physical realm as well. And so that's why today we're going to give uh, you an opportunity to intercede for others as well. John chapter 15, another, another passage that is familiar if you've been part of the church family for a while. It says this, uh, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself and must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then the verse, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, um, I've been in ministry for, for quite a while, uh, 30, 34 years and counting uh, here at this church. And uh, the longer I'm in ministry, and hopefully the more experience I gain, and the more understanding I have, um, the more convinced I am than ever that um, to accomplish anything eternal or lasting, God needs to be 100% involved. In other words, we can't accomplish things that are eternal if we try and do it on our own strength. And I'm more convinced than ever that in both my heart and mind that, that I, Leighton Erickson, that I need to go deeper in my prayers. And I'm more convinced than ever that our church family, we Ebenezer, need to grow deeper in our prayers and make it the main business of our lives, especially in the times in which we live. James uh, even goes farther when he says, uh, you do not have because you do not ask God. One person said this, the tragedy is not unanswered prayer, it's an offered prayer when we don't even take time to pray for the things that we know we need to do. Now, I really wish I would have time this morning just to, just take, to take a tour through Scripture and show you how many times God's people prayed and how God answered, usually supernaturally. I don't have time for that, but I, I want to give you just a, a sample of some of these things. The Israelites were victorious in battle as long as Moses lifted his hands in prayer. God revealed the dreams of a king to Daniel after he and his friends fasted and prayed. Peter was miraculously freed from prison by an angel when the church gathered to pray for his release. And Jesus and his disciples exercised authorities over the demonic world only as Jesus said through fasting and praying. And so it's important for us to come to pray because of all that happens in the spiritual realm and physical realm when we do. Now, a fourth reason why we need to gather to pray is, is this. It's because God delights in our prayers, and he wants to answer us. In the book of Revelation, the, the curtains are pulled back, and we actually get a glimpse of the wonder and the realities of heaven and what's happening there, what's happening in the spiritual realm. And in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, we get an indication of how God views the prayers of his people. And this is what it says. It says, And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, meaning Jesus. And each one had a harp, and they had gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. You know, our prayers are, are so valuable to God that they are like a sweet bowl of incense in his presence. And, he, and he, he, loves, 
you know, the, the waft of the prayers of his people. He's never angry that we're praying to him. He just loves when we come toward, to him in prayer. And this should be no surprise to us because we see this time and time again in the scriptures. In Psalm 116, it says this in verses 1 and 2, I love the Lord because he hears my request for mercy. I'll call to him as long as I live because he listens closely to me. Or another version says because he, he bends in the air to listen to me. Jeremiah 29, 12, when you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer and reveal to you wondrous secrets that you haven't known. You see, clearly, God desires us to pray. And clearly, God longs to answer our prayers. In fact, he reinforces this truth um, in, in two parables that he told in Luke chapter 11. The context here is he, is he taught his disciples how to pray. And then he tells them two stories with a, another lesson attached to it. And here's the, this, the first story was this. It was about a persistent person who came to his friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow a few loaves of bread. And, and the parable goes on and says, you know, of course the person's going to oblige and give his friend the loaves of bread because otherwise he'd be shamed in front, of his, in front of his group. So it would be the least he would do, and of course he would do that. And then the second story is a story of a, of a son who asks his father for a fish and for an egg. And Jesus goes on to say that in this parable that, that any reasonable father... Anyone who's reasonable at all, if their kid asks them for a fish and an egg, they would not give them a snake and a scorpion to surprise them. They just wouldn't do that. And so then he says, um, you know, this is the, the, the basic. We expect this to happen. So how much more, that's the phrasing, how much more will your heavenly Father, the Father who loves you completely, who is all-powerful, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And then he says, in the middle of those two parables, he says, therefore, keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. And so God uh, longs for us to pray and he longs to answer our prayers. And so even this morning, as you sit there, some of you, that's not been your experience. You haven't felt that God's been listening to you or hearing you, and you haven't felt that God has answered your prayers. And I want to just encourage you by saying, don't give up, because our God is faithful, and we continue to do that. Now, one final reason I, I want to give you as to why we need to make time to pray together with other believers. And this one is not uh, scriptural, although it's based in all of Scripture. It's anecdotal. And it's this, it's because we know, and when I say we, I mean, I mean me and you in our church family, we know and have experienced the power of prayer firsthand in our lives. You realize that, that, that your prayers and my prayers really do make a difference. It'd be really interesting um, to hear your stories of how, how God answered your prayers in fact, I started, I started uh, keeping a prayer journal just with answered prayers because sometimes we prayed for things and I haven't gone back to check to see if they're answered or sometimes they have and I want to be able to celebrate that. And I think it would be good for us to have 
even a church journal where we're praying and, and ex things, expecting things to happen. So let me just share with you, these are our real, live, true stories of what happened when we prayed together as a church family and when we prayed as elders and leaders. Um, at Ebenezer, we prayed for people to be healed of their cancer, and they were. We prayed that young ladies would conceive and, and carry their babies to term, and they have. In fact, one of those babies is due in December, and we prayed for them a, a year ago in, in December. And, and so that's an exciting time for us, multiple times. We have prayed for broken marriages to mend, and God has answered. We have prayed for those disinterested and distant from God to find faith, and they did. And some of you are here today, and some of you are going to be sharing your testimony next week about this very thing. We have prayed for those who struggle with mental health and issues of addiction that they would be healed, and they have. We have prayed for uh, someone who was lame to walk, and by the end of the day, they were walking. Now, that's not to say that every person we prayed for has been healed. Because that's not life. And if everyone got healed, then it wouldn't be called a miracle anymore. But it does mean this. It means that, that, that when we pray, and when we take a step of faith as a church family, and we gather to pray, and we come together and we pray with one heart and one mind, we are confident and we are assured that God hears our prayers and that he sees us. When we gather together to pray, we gather together with complete confidence that he, is, that he God, is able to do the miraculous, that he created the, the heavens and the earth, and there's nothing too difficult for, for him. And that's why we come together and we pray in faith. Now, this morning, we're actually going to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. Maybe you've come today and there's a deep hurt or concern or physical problem that you need prayer for. And we're going to give you the opportunity to be prayed for this morning. Now, as I said at the beginning of my message, we want to invite you to pray today. And here's how it's going to look. Uh, I'm going to give you one of four options. And then once I dismiss you, you're going to either stay here for op one of the options or you're going to go to the other three options. And then we're going to pray and then gather back to celebrate communion together. Okay, so here's the op options. Option one is um, we're, going to, uh, have, we're going to receive prayer for ourselves. And uh, again, if you have a physical ailment or a relationship problem, or you're dealing with an emotional hurt, or there's a mental health challenge, or you're in the midst of a spiritual battle, I want you to go across the hallway into our hospitality center when I dismiss you. And when you go there, there's going to be several of our church elders and leaders, and they're going to be there ready to pray with you in confidence and with a little jar of oil to anoint you with oil and to pray for your, your healing. And so if you want to do that, you can do that boldly. Whether you're a guest here for the first time, you can do that. And by the way, this is no different than what we normally do on a Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, we open up our altar at the end of the day, and we ask people to come and pray for And the reason we do that is because we believe God answers prayer. And we believe that we are hurting people who need to have our prayers answered. 
Option number two, and I'm going to get Vitaly if you want to come up, and, and Slava if you want to come up right now. Option number two is, is for those who are comfortable praying with others, we want you to, and, and want to go to battle in prayer and intercede for others, we would, like, we would like you to go over to the chapel, which is, again, straight across the hallway there. You can go through these doors right here or around the hallway there. And uh, in the chapel, there's going to be three stations where people are going to intercede. And one of the stations is going to be for our youth. And the reason I picked our youth is because um, our sense, and I think it's your sense too, is, is our youth are at risk right now. The messages that are being bombarded them in school and kind of the, the antagonistic view towards Christianity, we need to be praying for our youth, for our young families, for our parents, for our youth leaders, for our youth pastors. And so if, if God has put in your heart youth and you want to intercede for them, you just zip over there and Pastor Kel is going to lead that, that group in praying. The second group we want to pray for is the church. Not just our church, but the church. And again, I feel that, that uh, we're under assault. Like in so many, new, if you follow the news stories at all, like, like anything that happens, it, it's being very, very critical against the church. And hear me on this. When the church messes up, we need to own it. We don't hide it. Right? We, we, we are honest about what we do. We confess what we do just like we ask anyone else. But when it goes over and above and, and it becomes a label of who we are, it's not who the church is. And so if God has put on your heart to pray for the church, that we would be the people of God, that we would rise up and, and, and have the character that's worthy of the name of Christ, and that we would be loving in a way that's worthy of what it means to be a follower of Jesus who died on the cross to prove his love for us, then, then you go and you pray for the church. And then finally, we want to pray for the Ukraine. And I, I want to bring up... Uh, this is Vitaly and Slava, and they are, are working, you know, with the Ukrainian people, especially those that are, have been displaced by the war. And, and I've just asked them um, if they would come up, and I just want to give them, I'm going to ask them four questions for them to answer. And if you want to intercede on behalf of the Ukrainian people, you can do that as well. So I'll give this to you, Vitaly. And so my first question to you is very simple. Um, how many people have been impacted by the war in Ukraine? I think um, uh, if you Ukrainian, you have been in, already in pack, in pact with uh, this what's going on in Ukraine. Doesn't matter where you live, you have a emotions, uh, emotion tie to that what's going on. Around seven, between seven eight millions, is displaced from Ukraine and uh, refugee around the world right now. Biggest amount who accept uh, Ukrainians, it's a Poland, three and a half millions. And some uh, who came from Ukraine, they told me, you know, sometimes some little small towns in uh, Poland, we hear Ukrainian speech more like Poland. And um, Families have been split apart, especially if you see a mom with the kids, that's mean they come straight from Ukraine. And uh, most of Ukrainians who are still in Ukraine right now, especially men, they are uh, fighting for their freedom in that country. Okay. Uh, 
Slava. Uh, how many people have arrived in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan from, that have been displaced by the war? As far as we know, it's uh, more than 1,500 people uh, uh, have come already in uh, Saskatchewan uh, since uh, the war started. And what are some of the challenges they're facing? Uh, challenges, I think, um, come to Canada, uh, everything is challenge. Like the first one, it's uh, language, so they don't understand. Uh, then uh, housing, uh, to find job, to, peel, uh, to pay uh, bills with the minimum salary and all this stuff, like with kids, like even here we have two young uh, high school boys, so they don't speak English. So, and it's a challenge for their mom for them so like you know it's a challenge like everything is challenge okay. um, I know that your life group has really been active in, in uh, being a, a first line of help for, for the Ukrainian people so why don't you tell us a couple of things that you're doing mm -hmm. like um, everything was, was when the war started you know so we start more and more communicate with people in Ukraine. So they start uh, giving us lots of questions, how to come, what to do. Uh, so and we answer tons of questions. Then we um, uh, meet them at the airport. We help them to find their housing, short-term, long-term housing. We help them to find the job. Uh, to fill uh, their application, as I said, like uh, to register at school, uh, to register with a SIN number, health card, uh, all kind of this stuff. To find furniture, yes. to find food. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can go and on. Okay, and, and so uh, this is, uh, Vitaly and Slava have full-time jobs. This is all over and above what they're doing. And I just, I was talking to Vitelli, and he said that that last month alone, he spent almost $1,000 of gas just to haul people and haul furniture around. And that's money that, quite honestly, they don't have, right? And they've been able to run barbecues for people, and uh, they've had like 200 people out at the barbecues that they've had. So it's, it's amazing. So my last question is back to, to Vitelli, and it's just simply this. How are you doing? How are you managing everything? It seems like a lot. Still in the earth, not fly away in the heaven. <laughs> We're still surviving. <laughs> you know, one side, it's uh, really excited. Another side, it's really extremely hard for the body. My body not keep up with my soul. You know, sometimes my body said, hey, Vitaly, I'm not able to keep up. Just lay down because you have a high blood pressure. Just lay down for uh, probably six, uh, eight hours and have a rest. That's what happened really uh, often with me. You know, guys, it's not easy. Sometimes people come to Saskatoon, they don't have a, a place to stay. We bring them to our house. They live in our house a couple of days before we find them uh, where to live or where to stay. And they, when you wake up in the morning and see somebody sleep in an office, a few people, some in a living room, it's not easy. Uh, and, um, uh, but I understand this is a hot season right now for us to minister. 
shows God's light in, uh, for them because they come from darkness. Some of them come from, uh, I'll tell you the truth, some of them come from Europe, who lives in Europe. They moved like a couple of years ago to Europe and working there, uh, working there. And now they come too, and we accept them too. Uh, it's no problem. Any Ukrainian is, is good for us. Okay. Huh? So I, I need to stop them right there because we want to have some time to pray. Less service. Let's service you've folded, and I understand that I have to stop. Now you're not doing this. Oh, amen. You know, but I, I want to say how much I appreciate them. And, and what they're doing is, is uh, amazing, and it's unsustainable. It really is. Like, I've sat down with Vitelli, and he's a tough guy, and he's just in tears. And so if you want to intercede on behalf of Ukraine, you go find Vitelli in the chapel and you can pray for Ukraine. So that's option one is go for healing prayer. Option two is intercede. Option three is to listen to God. And this is the option that, that if you aren't comfortable praying, choose this option, okay? Because we're gonna stay here in this room and I'm gonna walk you through a virtual prayer tour where we're just going to ask a simple question, God, what do you want me to see, and how do you want me to pray? And we're going to do that together. And then the fourth option is, is about learning prayer, and it's really for our youth and our young children. So if you're in junior high or senior high, you want to head off with Will, and he's going to teach you how to pray and give you a model. And if you're in, like, rush age, so age four to grade uh, five, then you're going to head over to with Ashlyn, and she's going to be at the back of the room, and she's going to teach you, give you a model of how to pray. Okay? So four options, 15 minutes. So that means we're going to come back here at about 12.07. So that's just a little bit over time, but that's okay, because you love the Lord. <laughs> and then we're going to close by, by celebrating communion together. So if you did not grab your communion elements, make sure you grab it on the, on the tables before you come back in here. Okay, so four options. Uh, hospitality center for the prayers, interceding chapel, kids and youth with Will and Ashton, and then the listening prayer right here in this room. Okay, so why don't you just move around to where you need to go, and we'll see you in 15 minutes. I'm excited to see everyone moving out. I hope they're not moving out the doors. <laughs> um, but we want to be able to pray together. Now, thank you for staying. And so I, I want to kind of set this up here. And, and so um, we have the, the virtual prayer walk. And uh, if you can turn to the next slide, Tracy. So here's, here's what I want you to, to uh, ask. It's... 
As you view the on-screen on screen images, uh, pray, God, open my eyes to what you want me to see and then direct me to how you want me to pray. Now, I, I will make a, just make a caveat about this. So I put the images together. Normally, I would love to take you on a, on a real prayer walk where we actually go outside and we just open up our eyes uh, to what God wants us to say and we, be, we begin to pray. It's not possible, so I'm going to bring it, the prayer walk to us. Now, um, so you're going to see images that, that I've put on, on the screen and... And uh, none of these have any political intent behind them. Okay, so if you see something and you think I'm trying to make a political statement or a church is trying to make a statement, we're not. All I simply did is I, I actually went back through the news over this last year and pulled out some of the main stories that have been, that have been you know, part of either the church culture or our community where we needed to intervene with pray to pray, and so I'm just going to put them on there. And so when, when the image comes on, you just, you know, if it sparks something in you, you pray. And they're going to be about every 20 seconds, so they're not going to be, they're not going to be real, they're going to be fairly fast, actually. And if you, an image grabs your attention, and you want to pray a little more than 20 seconds, close your eyes and just pray about it, and then re-enter, re, you know, connect again when you come back from that prayer. Okay, so we'll have some music in the background. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you to turn to someone near you and say, what did God say to you? Okay, let's pray together.
as people are coming back in, why don't you just take a moment to uh, turn to the person next to you and just maybe share what God put in your heart as you look at some of those things. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all we can ask or imagine, according to the power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. Remember, next Sunday is our kickoff Sunday, and the service time starts at 10 a.m., okay? Bring a friend. We'll see you there, and make sure you welcome the people around you today. Have a great long weekend.
Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening. Thank you.